1: The Around the NFL podcast is not the official voice of the Los Angeles Chargers. Why the hell am I doing this? Welcome
2: back (laughs) to another edition of the Around the NFL podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I am joined by a room filled with heroes, Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling, and Greg Rosenthal. What's up, boys?
3: Hey, Dan. It does beg the question when we're going to just utterly lose money, who's now an NFL, a full-time NFL broadcaster, why drag Why drag yourself up the seaboard to this studio for free to record a bunch of nonsense?
2: That's a question we've been asking ourselves of Matt Money Smith for a long time, actually, and now it's only becoming more apparent as he now um, goes into his maiden voyage as the voice of the Chargers. So I like that. That was a good one. That was a good one. Uh, this is the Around the NFL podcast presented uh, by New Era, um, this is our first show after Chris Wessling's dramatic, um, phone call, phoner, and Wes, I imagine there was a a, a nice bit of uh, an outpouring of support uh, after Friday's show, wasn't there?
4: There was indeed. I wanted to thank uh, our Reddit board, all the people on Twitter. I was flooded with all kinds of congratulatory messages, a Humbled lot rag. of heartfelt messages. It was. It's good to hear. I probably got a little too much credit for how strong I've been. Um, I don't think when you're fighting cancer, some people, it's not like you choose to be strong or weak. Like some days you feel strong and you can take on the world. And some days you're like, all right, let the drugs and the doctors take over and and let them handle it. I probably publicly have not said how much of a struggle it's been. It's been a little nonchalant on the podcast, but it's been a struggle. And it's not inevitable that you're going to win against cancer.
2: Yeah, I mean, Wes has been amazing through this whole process. We haven't, you know, the show's, Wes has not been here. We have not obviously been giving a daily update, but you can understand uh, uh, Wes has been in the fight of his life, life, and it's one that he's winning, which is why Friday's uh, podcast was so special. And by the way, Wes, uh, and you're aware of this, and maybe some of the listeners, but not everyone, you got your first celebrity uh, (laughs) uh, uh, well-wish over the weekend weekend. Uh, my buddy Bob, who's been on the show before And I do the throwback podcast with him Humble humble <laughs> Uh He is shooting something right now uh, That included a, a guest starring spot From the great Dr. J Julius Irving uh, The uh, Hall of Famer of the NBA Let's listen to what Julius had to say
1: Hey Wes, Dr. J here I know you've been battling the big C And uh, you've got good news So I'm really happy to hear about that
2: So I feel good for you Thumbs up. Take care. Um, shout out to Dr. J, too, because he uh, – Bob mentioned it to him when they were at the beginning of their shoot, and then after they were done, it was Dr. J himself that said, oh, you want to do that thing that you talked about? So that's that's always a good – that's like a reverse La Raville Magnifico.
4: Yeah, I think Dr. <laughs> J for a long time has been known as one of the classiest athletes out there.
5: Mm. Yeah, I mean, you you mentioned kind of – not letting the listeners know all the tough stuff. I mean, it, it, even in this celebratory weekend, and I think I probably—I'm not going to speak for the other guy. It The news, it almost didn't hit me, like, listening to it on the podcast. I almost blanked out, and it was, like, a very—I mean, it was surreal. It sort of started hitting me, and you mentioned that the news really started hitting you a few hours later, maybe when some of the medicine were off. And, and same with, with me. And as hard of a battle it's been for us, like— you ended up having a fever and kind of been knocked out. It's not like you were out there celebrating all week and you, you basically couldn't couldn't eat for a
4: while. Well, the hardest part has been getting esophagitis from the radiation and not being able to eat or drink for a good five- or six-week period, losing 40-something pounds. The second hardest part has been mentally that, that for every step forward, you think you can find a pattern or you think that you're going to proceed forward in a positive way and – three or four hurdles pop up and you take two steps back. And I think that's true for a lot of people who have cancer.
3: Um. One note, by the way, there, I, I I will say there's at least four to 500 people that have contacted uh, myself and us they would love to wish you well. They've been blocked by you on Twitter, uh, but they do, <laughs> yeah, they do that's care one of my about favorite you quite messages. a bit. <laughs> Can you
2: tell Wes that we're happy to be cancer, but he blocked me? That is also, that's another reverse La Raville Magnifico, a double reverse yeah. scenario. Yes, it is. You get blocked, you still have the decency as a human to wish you that, well, Wes. That, that's out there. That's a sentiment as well.
4: That uh, that makes me feel good. <laughs> we
2: should we should go back and find those. They should be unblocked. These people. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Wes has a
3: tough. You know, you gotta you gotta you gotta climb back in if you've been blocked. I'm not sure that does it. Does that do it? <laughs> it
4: it kind of depends what mood I'm in that day. Yeah, but there's a lot of times I'll just throw open you know throw open the gates to anyone who just says let me back in.
2: Maybe Big C is not worthy of it. Maybe if you have to like overcome like typhoid fever or something (laughs) and they wish you well although big c is probably bigger than typhoid fever just a bit same for the typhoid fever podcast (laughs) is what i say uh big show coming up today including uh yeah some kicker talk a kicker story comes to an end and then has a new beginning and i think you know what i'm talking about if you're a regular listener of this show Uh, and then we have uh we went through the thursday and friday games on our last podcast of Week One of the preseason, West, buckle up because there's eight more preseason games to touch on later in today's show, and this is your last show for for a little bit, at least, because your surgery is coming up this week. So, what better way to send you off than eight games of high octane preseason action?
4: I found a yeah, I found a bit of a, a cheat. Around these preseason games, I don't have to watch the whole thing. Just watch them on Game Pass, the condensed version, yeah. all,
2: all in a row, and you're oh, fine. I love it. Yep. How fun. How fun to watch. All life should be on a condensed pass. That's, that's, that's <laughs> the thing i to realize right now. All right. Here we go. Behind the glass, by the way, uh, there was a some type of ceremonial headset transfer on Friday's show, but we were so busy, we didn't really get to dig into it. But now, behind the glass, uh, her name is Erica Tamposi. Tamposi. Tamposi, Posey nailed it, uh, and uh, she, Erica, has been here for a few weeks now, and a, a very capable young woman, I find. But we're about to find out because Uh-oh. now, now the pressure t- is turned up. Your thoughts so far?
5: Um,
1: no, <laughs> no, just <laughs> <There's> no
2: thoughts. <laughs> yeah, no thoughts. thoughts. That's good. That's that means Zero. she's hyper focused about yeah. what's in front of her. So, Erica, welcome aboard. Let's do some news. All right, folks, good to have Erica on board. So by the way, a
3: well-executed guy. coup d'etat over Sully, Yeah, who's just been s- shredded and scattered by the side of the road by Erica.
2: <laughs> yeah, me, well, let's be honest. Though, Sully probably celebrated all weekend. He gets to go back to his little podcast. Yeah, he's good. And, and no longer uh, does he have to deal with two shows. And, and Sully, a shout-out to Sully, because he did get put in a tough position having to deal with two shows. And uh, we will miss you in the studio, Sully. I'm sure you'll... Probably resurface as you always do at some point, but thank you for your help uh, <laughs> during our transition process.
5: Re- resurface at some point, like uh, like a fungus. Like the returned, of the that black returns lagoon. Returns every spring. Porcelly. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Godzilla. Um, all right, here we go. Let's start with. Yep. Let's talk about Robbie Aguayo. Forty-seven-yard attempt. Kick is up. He pushed it oh, wide right. Wow.
5: Wow,
2: he just does not look smooth when he's kicking the ball. All right, that was the final kick of Roberto Aguayo's career with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, The battle between Nick Folk and Robbie Aguayo is over because the Tampa Bay Bucs, after Aguayo missed that kick and an extra point uh, in the preseason affair against the Cincinnati Bengals, uh, they waived the second-round pick, the former second-round pick, uh, which obviously marks the end of what is a, a very embarrassing saga. Uh, a tough situation, obviously, for the kicker, but an embarrassing situation for the Bucks who traded up to get Aguayo, thought they were getting a guy that was going to be a solution there for many years, and he didn't even make it to his second season. Um, shortly after that, after he was, he was cut, he was claimed on waivers by the Chicago Bears, who uh, well, looks like we might have another kicker battle on our hands, folks. Aguayo
1: Actually, you know what? I just can't. I'm not doing this anymore.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so Connor Barth, the guy that got cut when Robbie Aguayo got drafted, is now competing uh, with Robbie Aguayo with the Bears. Uh, But uh, for me, in terms of – and obviously – Old Zeus has been tracking this very closely. It, it, it ceases to be a wildly uh, fascinating s- subplot to me now that he's no longer associated with the team that had so much stock in him. Uh, your thoughts, Wes? First of all, why were you laughing? Well, Third-person usage? Yeah,
4: there? that was a weird situation to go third-person. I like it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> my thought, I can't believe it's been almost a year. We were going through this before in his second week of the preseason as a rookie. Mm. that's how early his struggle started. Uh, and, and to me, I was surprised that they didn't give him more, more of a leash. I, mm. You know, when I I heard this before I watched the game, then I watched the game, it was like, oh, he kicked one off the upright, the other one barely missed. I don't know. It didn't well, seem One like,
3: was an extra point.
4: Right. He kicked the extra point off the upright, the other one barely missed. It didn't seem like he embarrassed himself.
3: I think part of the issue is that if you're the general manager, Jason Light, you've probably been hearing about this nonstop. and And I wonder – the presence of hard knocks and this young person's career and the whole situation yeah it's meant for the Tampa Bay. Do you, did they cut bait a week or two earlier than they might have if there wasn't this intense media focus on them? Yeah. Maybe it's not even
5: all hard knocks, but i I think that's right. That, he was a long shot to win this job they were starting to see because Nick Folk had 750,000 guaranteed anyway. So I think Aguayo entered this camp as a sizable underdog and then you see him make a couple mistakes like that and just the attention it's like let's it's almost like a mercy killing early in a in a episode or a t- television series season. Like let's get rid of Aguayo now before like let's not drag it out with this poor guy.
2: And in an interview with uh, Monday Morning Quarterback Uh, Peter King spoke with the GM, Jason Light, who's the one that has the most egg on his face over this. Uh, First of all, NFL Films got the whole scene uh, of the release. It'll be on tomorrow night's episode. Here's what Light had to say. You never feel good when you shatter someone's dream. That is always tough, especially someone you had such high hopes for. You don't have good feelings about that. It's a little bit of a sense of, I don't want to say relief, but we've ripped off the Band-Aid and we Mm. move on. We're moving forward. I think a couple things, Wes. Yeah, he he just it was just two kicks, but he actually not, not a kicking expert. But the fact that he just looked stiff. He didn't look natural. You could tell the moment was still pressing on him. And if I was Jason Light and I was the Bucks and Dirk Cutter, you're thinking to yourself, it's this kid's still not right in the head. And if, forget about the mechanics. This is still something he's dealing with. We got to move forward. We can't continue this because it was turning into a soap opera. That's part of the reason we we're having fun with it. But it was really something that was weighing on the team.
4: Well, yeah, it's, it starts in your head, and then it then it affects your fundamentals. So that, that's what happens. But it's also, outside of the quarterback, it, the coach loses confidence in the kicker quicker than any other position on the mm. field. It's not like you need to even review the game film. You can right. tell when a kicker's messing yep. up just there on the film. I mean, I, I just wonder if
5: you're, let's say, Aldrich Rosas out there, and you're in the middle of a fiery kicker battle with Mike Nugent, and you're thinking – <laughs> what about me, Zeuser? I'm kicking with a former Jets legend against him. Yeah. I'm in MetLife Stadium. That's pretty spicy. Or maybe you're Randy Bullock, who used to have a, a, nick, a nickname on this podcast. Big yeah. Bone Randy. You're in the middle of a war with Jake <laughs> Elliott, and you're thinking, why Why all the, why all the pub from the Zeuser? Very simple. For, for this
2: guy? Very He's simple. Gonna, it did not have the elements of Greek tragedy <laughs> like Robbie Aguayo did.
3: Right. Don't uh, overdraft these kickers. You, you, you mess with them when you do that.
2: Absolutely. Uh, all right, moving
3: on. And good luck, Robbie. By the way, Robbie, 11 for 11 in his first Bears practice.
4: Uh, it, it shouldn't yeah. surprise anyone if he has a successful NFL career now that he's away from the spotlight a little bit.
3: Yeah. It's pretty typical
4: that
5: kickers that do have long careers often bounce around. Nick Folk is one that comes to mind that's had a great career that bounced around very early. Mike career. Nugent, right? sec- uh,
4: the last second-round pick for a kicker.
2: Uh, let's move on and talk about the Indianapolis Colts. Andrew Luck, it's one of the great mysteries of NFL summer. Uh, When will Andrew Luck be back on the field? Will he be ready for the start of the regular season? Will he start the regular season on the pup list, which is where he is right now uh, in terms of training camp? They're hoping to avoid that. Everything is uh, trending towards him not starting the season on the pup list. But at the same time, Jim Irsay was asked um, uh, this via CBS4 in Indianapolis, uh, if he would be ready for the regular season opener against the Los Angeles Rams, and Ursay did not come down with anything definitive
1: you know i can't say i I can't say that unequivocally he'll be ready for the Ram game, but I can say I feel very confident that he'll be ready to start the season now that may not be the Ram game, but to start the season, yes what
3: well, wow, that that put my head into a jump. The Ram what game exactly is,
5: is week one for clarity. I think
2: it might have been he was just he was not using his words well there. I he'll be ready at some point in the season. Is that what he's getting at? He's obviously not going to be ready for the start of the season if he's not ready for the Rams game.
5: The Ram game. I think maybe he's viewing the start of the season as a multi-game like September. Yeah, maybe it's September because that 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 jibes with what Ian there Rappaport reported that it'll be maybe week one, maybe week two, something like that. Well.
3: I I'll mean, say. by the way, and we'll get to Scott Tolzien. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, okay, we will. You cannot r- ride into the the battle in the AFC South with with what they have at quarterback behind Luck.
2: I don't care how you define start of the season. <laughs> Got to get somebody else in there. Well, Ursay, the most
5: interesting thing he said was that they did look at kind of a veteran quarterback to bring in, but they they said it was too much money. And I was thinking, uh, who was who that? Wouldn't it be fantastic? And I was thinking, maybe it was Jay Cutler because well, he has a little bit of a. I believe, a history uh, with some of the coaches there. And so now it makes sense that he was too much money.
3: I'd love to see Andrew Luck backed up by Robert Griffin to bring that draft class back to a full head. (laughs) I'd
2: also love to see Jerry Marce give up like a first-round pick for Jay Cutler. (laughs) It's like a total panic. Yeah, like just the the Dolphins clean up uh, off this Jay Cutler signing. Uh, We'll see what happens. But Andrew Luck uh, will be ready for the start of the season but may not be ready for week one. That's a takeaway there. Other quarterback news. One person you will not see at all in the preseason is, you know what? We've got to go into the Ravens' nest. Top end. Always a bad place in terms of news, it seems, uh, here in the Ravens' nest. Uh, Joe Flacco will not play uh, in a preseason game this year. Uh, Flacco, this is not no Fluko. He will return to practice in the preseason, but he's not expected to play in the games. The Ravens announced in a statement, um... The Baltimore Ravens also announced the plan is for Flacco to be the week one starting quarterback on September 10th against the Cincinnati Bengals. Of course, uh, Mark Sessler, Flacco dealing with a back injury. This is a little bit of a murky situation too.
3: I feel like back injuries are always massively unpredictable, and I, I wouldn't put Flacco out there in the preseason. At the same time, I mean, this was meant. has always been, it's been harped on as not an issue, not a big deal, going to be back right out there, and it's an extending timeline now.
5: They, Jim Harbaugh literally said Joe Flacco will definitely play during the season, preseason on August 1st. There you go. And now he's not. They also publicly went out of their way to discredit Ian Rappaport's timeline of three to six weeks for his back injury. When they did that, and some other national reporters did too, that was three weeks ago. Joe Flacco is not back on the field and – it sounds like he will be pra- – they believe he'll be practicing at some point in the preseason. But Ian Ian proved to be 100% right, and everything that they've said so far has proven to be a
2: lie. And they did add another quarterback, by the way. Not Colin Kaepernick, but they uh, dumped Dustin Vaughn and added uh, journeyman Thad Lewis to the mix. So there's another new quarterback there, but maybe not the one that people are expecting.
4: Yeah, they've got a problem at quarterback. And, you know, one of my takeaways from the first week of the preseason is that coaches – Always want a backup quarterback who knows the system and can help the starter in the quarterback room. They place a – we know that just from following football. They place a high priority on it. Bruce Arians really drives that point home in his new book, The Quarterback Whisperer. But at what point is that familiarity and comfortability with your backup quarterback not worth it? At what point are you costing your team – because you're underrating how how valuable quarterback insurance is. We saw it with Ryan Mallett. You could see it the Cowboys with Kellen Moore, the Bills with T.J. Yates, mm. the Titans with Matt Castle. These guys are not good enough to be backup quarterbacks.
5: Mallett Mallet is just so not smooth. Like whatever the opposite of poised is, like frazzled,
4: hyper. That's
5: yeah, right. That's frenetic. That's Ryan Mallett, and he misses throws. And the Ravens, they've had the roughest preseason easily. They also lost a starting guard, Alex Lewis, for the season uh, since we last talked. So that's their third offensive lineman that was a potential starter loss for the season. Since June 1st, Dan Hanses, uh, they have lost nine players for the season to
2: suspension or injury. Man, it, I tell you, it's a hard knocks life here in the Ravens' nest.
4: It's a shame because I really loved what I saw out of their first team defense the other night. They swarm to the ball, and they've got so many injuries on the offensive side of the ball that I I think they're going to be undone by that.
2: Moving on, the inevitable is now a reality. Ryan Tannehill will not play a snap in 2017. The Dolphins quarterback uh, will undergo uh, surgery to repair that ACL tear in his left knee, rap sheet reported uh, on Friday uh, Miami Herald first had it. Uh, Miami placed Tannehill on injured reserve on Saturday morning. Ske- surgery scheduled for next week. If everything goes to plan, he should be ready for um, you know summer activities, maybe even spring activities next year. Uh, we don't know if that will be with the Dolphins, but that's something to uh, study down the line. So it is now Jay Cutler moving forward. Greg, here we go. It should be fun, and and for Ryan,
5: Ryan Tannehill, should be fun for me at least watching Jay Cutler, and for Ryan Tannehill. He's you know reportedly been very helpful with Jake Cutler and and all that, but there has to be part of him thinking, well, if this team goes to the playoffs, is this my team because I don't know I don't know if it will yeah. be any anyway. it, it's like a, it's he not- would be very tradable though as as valuable as quarterbacks are in this league like if if they didn't want him next year, they could trade him.
3: It's not the Teddy Bridgewater scenario in terms of the grisly nature of the injury or the or the cloudy future, but it does show you that you know two weeks ago Ryan Tannehill was a guy you thought, well, he and Gase could ride this out for another three, four years potentially, and now you have no idea who's going to be the quarterback next next year's week one.
2: I also wonder behind the scenes where Ryan Tannehill's at with how this was all handled. Uh, maybe he was as aggressive as anyone else about trying to rehab and p- move forward, or maybe there's some bitterness between the two sides about how this played out, costing him a season of his prime. In any event, uh, uh, this will be now a major test in the Tannehill-Miami relationship. I
3: don't take him to be a bitter man. I, if you recall, I once... Utterly crushed his wife's purse under my shoe, and he and his wife handled it very yeah. with poise, as Greg would say.
2: For a couple of years, uh, when we were under the boss uh, on the management structure, uh, we covered the the honors NFL Honors red carpet the night before the Super Bowl. By far my least favorite assignment to ever have to work because you would, all these guys would be bringing their wives and and girlfriends and have their favorite suit that they just bought for like thirty thousand dollars, and they'd be parading around their their lady and just this whole fun
3: scene. And then we're like,
2: eh, "Do you think you'll be a salary cap casualty this spring?" <laughs> <Right>. Some jabroni
3: <laughs> asking a totally <laughs> vanilla question. <laughs>
2: Excuse me, what do you think about the draft prospects that could endanger your starting job next spring? Like what?
3: <laughs> I once waited 45 minutes with Ryan, with Russell Wilson and his agent at one of these events to try to get some sort of post up before leaving. Got the interview, a nice three-minute long interview, a lot of information. Looked down. I'd never turn the recorder on. <laughs> My God, what am I doing here?
2: Because that's what everyone was looking for the night before the Super Bowl, the write-up oh, of whatever course. was going to come out of uh, that heat-seeking interview. Um <laughs> Those days are over. Hopefully, um, Greg, we were, you were just doing your job as the boss. Yeah, are you taking shots here? Well, no, no, actually,
3: it was pre-Greg. Yeah, like, you had that job pre-Greg. before
0: I came yeah. along, and yeah. eventually,
5: you got out of it while I still was in charge. Greg, Ween and just saw you know, by it. the way, I'm still
2: going to NFL Honors. Granted, I'm not going on the
5: red carpet, but my goal is I'm to down, never down. go.
2: <laughs> I think you're going to achieve that. <laughs> um, finally, in the news, Jordan Matthews. You know, this is so Buffalo. Uh, they trade Sammy Watkins uh, to L.A. Uh, the, in a corresponding move, they trade for Jordan Matthews to become their number one wide receiver. And almost immediately, the guy exits the picture. I don't know for how long, but uh, Matthews sustained a chip fracture. That doesn't sound good. In his sternum. How do you chip your sternum? What the hell's going on around here with the old human body? It's a rough sport, Tim. Uh During his first practice with the club, according to an official statement made by the Bills, uh he is listed as week to week, and I don't have to tell you guys that when you are traded uh deep into training camp and they are expecting you to have a major role on the team and you need to get reps and you need to get into the mix and your first practice you break your chest that's not good,
4: not good at all- F- fortunately, they have a really deep depth chart at slot receiver
5: well they just they don't have, have any them? outside receivers <laughs> right they they're and you never know some sometimes the consistent reports that like one side of the ball just isn't working it proves it's not that big a deal the bills though since basically the first day of training camp the reporters there have said how much the offense has struggled that tyra taylor's struggling and they're just it's not clicking yet
4: i think this also points out one of the things brandon Bean, their gm noticed about the roster when he took over it's incredibly shallow and if a, if a few players go down they are one of the worst teams in the nfl
2: That's what's happening in the news. Let's talk about New Era. (laughs) Maron. New Era's NFL training collection has a great combination of innovative performance and style. With features like UV protection, moisture wicking, and cooling technology, there's no reason you shouldn't make the New Era NFL training collection a part of your daily attire. It's available in retailers like Lids, NFLshop.com, and Dick's Sporting Goods in your favorite team. Now, a lot of preseason games played. 32 teams. Everybody played. 32 divided by 2. 16 games. Talked about 8 Thursday and Friday. 8 more to go. So let's go (laughs) right. Did I have that right? Everything check out? Sounds right to me. Nailed it. Nailed it. Uh, So let's go down the list and... uh, Again, we're not going to dive into – although I personally will be tracking the preseason standings fairly closely to see who will rise above all <laughs> uh, by the time the dust clears in the first week of September. Uh, for the the rest of the people that listen to this podcast and in this room, I know it's more important to just to have um, kind of takeaways from the games. So we'll try to marry that. We'll try to balance out what, what some people want to know about the preseason games, what people like me want to know about who right. won and who lost and what does it mean, who's on the hot seat, things like that. Um, let's start uh, – well, let's start – I'm going to go right kind of through it. Uh, we'll start with the Pittsburgh and New York Giants. Not, not the, the sauciest game, but Wes is nodding his head. He's got a take about the Steelers at the Giants. Go ahead, Wes. Get us going.
4: This was one of my favorite games to watch. I think the Steelers should play the Giants every year. I thought their game last year in the regular season was fun to watch too. TJ Watt, I heard Greg talking before the show that – if you just look at the two sacks, maybe you're not that impressed with him. I thought the second sack, when the left tackle missed the block, was still very impressive. His change of direction, a lot of, a lot of pass rushers missed the quarterback on that. He got to him quickly, threw him down violently. And if you watch the rest of that game, T.J. Watt was living in the backfield hitting quarterbacks more than the two sacks. He hit the quarterback a couple more times, knocked down a pass. He's the real deal. He's going to be an every-down player, the Mm. Pittsburgh Post-Gazette said today, and James Harrison's going to be a relief pitcher. But I think – TJ Watt made more plays in his first preseason game than Jarvis Jones made in four years in Pittsburgh.
2: There was a p- mm. wow. Uh, there was a play. Bunted burner blowtorch for old Jarvis. Sorry, Double J. There was a play. The two sacks are obviously impressive, and that's what people are going to pay attention to. There was another play in the first half where he did the JJ Watt thing, where he chased down a ball carrier on the far side of the field and actually made the tackle near the sideline. Uh, the, he just he just sh- and he also has. No, we're not going to say he's going to be J.J. Watt, but he had, to (laughs) me, like you reminded me of the way his gait and the way he was moving. The mannerisms, yeah. It looked like his brother, like how your brother and you would have similar uh, mannerisms. Uh, Looks like they got a winner there.
4: I thought outside of Mitchell Trubisky, he was the second most Mm. impressive person I saw all weekend. Well, it's too early to Mm.
5: get riled up, but it would be wild if the NFL criminally undrafted a second Watt brother. Mm.
4: I mean, if you watch that game, he Under looks,
3: drafted, I say.
4: he looks like the real deal. Like he's going to step in day one as a three-down starter.
3: Not the real deal, Geno Smith. I don't think we need to dig any deeper. Oh,
5: how dare you! I well, saw, I will be. I there saw. I then. saw. didn't <laughs> you you tweeted something like, "Well, he'll he'll give up," or you texted, "I am done with that. You, you'll give up on being a Geno." Uh, fan after this after he watches this one first of all it this was a classic geno game
3: a couple great throws. why are you a fan of classic geno that's, I class, that's a couple my, great it's throws and, come then, to your and, senses then, and then thing.
5: one head scratcher uh the one more than thing. one head scratcher <laughs> he threw a second
2: interception that got waved off by a penalty right Took there, three
5: sacks there the one the one thing he's got going for him is he's going up against josh Johnson, right. who might have had the worst three series of any quarterback
3: uh, and reportedly,
5: he's winning that battle. Well,
3: but and Eli does not, does not miss that. games, and the Giants. I mean, I, you know, it, I don't know what the fall off is between Eli and Geno Smith at this point. It, but you're please. right; it was the perfect
4: Geno game because <laughs> he comes out there. And right away you see the difference between him and Josh Johnson because right. he can pass and he's out there peacocking around there's a bounce in his step he's doing these play fakes with a little bit of flair a little bit of flare and flourish and you're like look at Gino's confidence and then he throws a brainless interception <laughs> takes a few sacks just unravels in front of you and you're like maybe he's not the perfect backup quarterback after all
2: That's when I texted you Greg I don't miss him I can tell you that and also, it did flash through my mind, not that it would ever happen, I don't, and I don't want to step on something, an announcement you're going to make later, Mark, but uh, there is a scenario just because it could play out because he's on the team. If Geno Smith ever led the Giants to a Super Bowl title, that would be my sports fan 9-11. That,
3: that, is, that would be, for you, a horrendous you know, occurrence. Uh,
2: moving on. Oh, by the way, before we move on, Chris Boswell hit a 37-yard field goal to put the Steelers ahead late. No. And then Terrell Watson had a 15-yard run to ice the game. A 20-12 to Pittsburgh win off to a nice 1-0 start. And a road win, which is always important to get. Uh, shows that the team has <laughs> mental fortitude. Moving on. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, went to Cincinnati. And, uh, Mark... You are all excited about Joe Mixon.
3: Well, i I do think that number one, when you talk about Trubisky and you talk about Watt, those two debuts, you couldn't have asked for any more. Joe Mixon, to me, who really didn't play nearly as long as as those guys did, uh, this is special running back, and I understand the circumstances of why he was someone who fell in the draft steeply, but he's a top five draft talent this year's class, no question about it. I I thought, watching him, A, there were two plays that stuck out in my mind. One where he caught the ball out of the backfield, and three Tampa Bay defenders were just flicked off him until a fourth finally brought him down. I mean, he's he's a natural pass catcher who is going to be an incredibly uh, amazing element to that offense. The second thing, when he ran the ball at one point, handoff, he had a little bit of a Le'Veon Bell type patience, where he saw what was ahead of him, and then the speed came, and he darted right through the defense. I think this guy... Is someone that you could even think about trading away Hill if you needed to if someone got in real deep deep trouble at running back this guy's an immediate week one starter
4: yeah, fair warning for the listeners every time we talk about Joe Mixon throughout the season, we are not going to introduce the all. domestic violence element and address that before we talk about the football p- part of it right because
5: and we've already done this a few times i mean he he looks about as talented as any running back I think that's come into the league in the last handful of years. It just it just leaps off the
2: page in college and he looked like the same guy. Um and I I'm going to say, you know, Andy Dalton's final pass of the game was not a good one, or his interception. <laughs> but right before that interception, and Jeremy Hill was running well on the first drive, and then we saw, obviously, the stuff from Mixon, and then you factor in A.J. Green and healthy Tyler Eifert. I'm I'm kind of sneaky in on the Cincinnati Bengals, and watching that game, I was getting a little yeah. uh, pumped up about their prospects.
3: Especially if the Ravens continue to have the fortune of, like, essentially 12, 12 dead people.
2: John Ross practiced fully for
5: the first time uh, on Monday, <laughs> so that's a good sign for them. Do pe- their dead people have... Have poor
2: I fortune? don't know.
3: I just was running. I mean, we out. all died. I was, my thought was coming to an end. I had to get out of there. <laughs> <laughs>
4: that offensive line needs a real test before I'm buying in. Hmm.
2: How depressing is it um, for me that I was w- genuinely wistful when Ryan Fitzpatrick scrambled into the end zone for a touchdown in the second half of this game? Well, I, I think the Bucks are are wistful
5: of uh, their quarterback situation before this game because Ryan Griffin got hurt and reportedly Ryan Fitzpatrick, who who I should take it back, maybe had a worse three drive stretch than Josh Johnson did was kind of embarrassed. You know, had oh, to stop it. Oh no! What? I mean it. He had an embarrassing stretch of decisions and fumbles and sacks. Ryan they were talking about it. Ryan Fitzpatrick in that game. Did we watch the same game? And he then
2: them on a touchdown drive.
5: Yeah, early. And then he. I don't think he was well protected. He had a either. rough, rough stretch. He was reportedly losing this battle to Ryan Griffin. That Ryan Griffin was the favorite, and and the local reporters thought Fitzpatrick might not make the team. But Griffin got hurt in this game, mm. and so now it's going to. I be think Fitzpatrick's, Fitzpatrick's the, the kind of guy that
3: just says, "I refuse to take the preseason seriously." I think he's
4: one of the best backups in the
3: league.
2: Thank you, Wes. Josh Malone, by the way, an eight-yard pass from Jeff Driscoll. That is what really broke this game open. And then uh, Randy Bullock hit a 49-yard field goal. Big bone Randy getting her done. 23-12 win for the Cincinnati it's Bengals. going to
4: make the team.
2: Um, who? Who? <laughs> Randy Bullock. <laughs> what do you mean? He's spl- he's just splitting the uprights from 50 out. As soon as the lights come on, he's going to miss it. <laughs> Stop fat shaming, Wes.
4: I'm not. It's just that I've seen Randy Bullock, and I've seen this act.
2: Um, moving on. The San Francisco 49ers and Kansas City Chiefs played football. Um, I don't know. Who wants to jump in with something here?
3: I got something for what you. What do you got? Patrick Mahomes. You're I all understand. On Mahomes. Not, right. not a finished product by any stretch at this point. You see things break down occasionally, but the arm. I I sometimes you know how like in high school every guy liked the same one girl and then you find out no I'm gonna go in a different direction. Everyone has the same five or six players they love. Oh, this player and it's endlessly carouseled around on NFL.com and network and fantasy football, blah, blah, blah. I like to find my own little guys that get me excited. And we're not going to see Patrick Mahomes for quite a bit. At this I, mean, I wouldn't call it time time wasn't to the rough. He,
5: Yeah, Wasn't he like the most popular? I would say the most <laughs> I, I, popular I, draft I, quarterback.
3: I, I'm carving him out. He's mine starting right now. Here's the thing. I honestly, I understand that ideally you don't play him at all this season. But if Alex Smith and I just in my, with my days with Alex Smith have come to an end, Alex I, Smith,
2: who marched his team into the end zone. And Alex Smith me.
3: looked fine. Yeah, there's yeah. no reason There's no reason. aside. They're a
2: beautiful him. There's no reason pass. to
3: slide him aside. I'm just saying, when he, when they start if they encounter trouble... If the team, if things don't go as planned, yes, I right. would love to see Mahomes play in a regular season Are you game this hinting
2: year. at Patrick Mahomes being the quarterback of the future in Kansas City?
3: <laughs> yes,
4: I
2: am. <laughs> I, I, I love saw him. Mark's tweets
4: before I saw this
2: game, <laughs> and the game
4: went so much differently. Than I know, the I, tweets I know. would lead me to believe I was I excited. Well, here's what I happened, though. Like, eh. eh. No, because like,
3: eh. I was watching this uh, on, on television, and NFL Network kept switching back to the fourth quarter of this ridiculous Giants game for some reason, so I missed chunks of Mahomes. When I watched later, I thought, "Uh uh-oh, my tweets (laughs) were a little aggressive, but I love his arm. Does it matter that
2: the entire secondary was made up of UPS drivers (laughs) and club bouncers by the time he got in the game? His
3: first pass, I don't know, it got (laughs) called back by people. His arm is live, man. I just love his arm. He looks
5: a little frenetic right now, but he's young. He already passed Tyler Bray, so he's officially their backup.
3: I mean, the idea of the Chiefs having an exciting quarterback, I like that concept.
2: That's certainly fair. And you would wonder how tempted they will be if Alex Smith goes into one of his uh, you know, a Smith type funk where he's really uninspiring, will they be tempted? Mm. Maybe get maybe get Patrick in the game a little earlier for the rest of the preseason. I don't want to see Tyler Bray playing ahead of him. I agree.
5: He won't be. They they officially yeah, he, he, elevated yep. him in, in practice after this. Uh, I was excited if you were a forty Niners fan, their two first round rookie picks. Both showed out well in this game. He, if you were watching deep in the third quarter, you got Solomon Thomas running from one hash mark as a defensive tackle all the way to the other sidelines. You don't see that too much. And just blasting a guy, forcing a couple punts, and those two I think are going to be starting week one.
2: You know what else you don't see too much? The San Francisco 49 are ripping ripping off 18 unanswered in the fourth <laughs> quarter to secure a 27-7 no. to 7 win.
3: <laughs> Tough loss at home at Arrowhead to start That's the CJ
4: Beathard with two touchdowns
3: leading that comeback. It's really right going to test their mettle. Losing that August game in their own stadium. Well, I,
5: I think what you saw here is a, just toughness. Kyle Shanahan opened camp with nine consecutive
2: padded practice. There you go. It's all team paying was, off. Uh, they weren't ready. Speaking of showing out, uh, let's move to the Meadowlands where the New York Jets opened their preseason. Uh, there are there's a lot of adorable buzz uh, being bandied about about the Jets going 0 and 16. So p- people were perhaps surprised. <laughs> adorable buzz. Um, people were perhaps surprised that the Jets looked at times, especially on the defensive side of the ball, competent against uh, the Tennessee Titans. The Titans couldn't get anything going against the Jets' first de- first uh, team defense. But I guess Christian Hackenberg was the big story in this game. Uh, he didn't make any big plays, but he didn't look lost. He didn't kill anybody on the sideline with Aaron throws. And I guess it speaks to where the where the bar is with Christian Hackenberg. Uh,
3: Christian but-
2: Hackenberg is... Real? But he looked real. He looked like a real backup, but he looked real.
3: Yeah, I thought he made two mistakes. He had a tipped pass, which is not a huge deal, but he lost a, a snap that the Titans recovered. Other than that, very bland. Um, you know, there's not a lot to like or dislike about what we saw from Hackenberg. I just think that, what, what did he throw for 5.1 yards? They were having him throw the ball like four feet per attempt. Yeah, I mean,
2: he it was he, a little ridiculous. He got hit with a couple drops uh, because. Again, that's one of the tricky things about the Jets' makeup of this roster is how do you going to really figure out how your quarterbacks look when these guys don't get separation and can't catch the ball? Uh, but I, I thought he was fine. I just well, it, the, the opening team looked good. In the count, I starters. mean, you'd have to make yeah. an
3: incredible argument for McCown not to just be the week one starter, no questions asked. Yeah,
5: it, there was not a hot take from this game with Hackenberg, but the coaches were very clearly just trying to like build his confidence with a the little baby step. I the, some of the positive reaction, you know, for, failed to. You know, mentioned that they crossed the 50-yard line one time, I think, mm-hmm. and they didn't score an eight drive. So it was, it was not a good performance. It just right. wasn't a bad performance.
4: He didn't play quarterback. He was a wet nurse. <laughs>
5: a wet nurse. I don't they know. didn't let him
4: do it. All he, he didn't did do was my, yeah. dump off. He threw the, dump offs and check downs the, the whole time. The
5: couple times where he had to do something a little more advanced, you know, eyes downfield or a rusher is coming at him or go through his read and throw deeper, those those plays did not work. So so you you want to see more out of him. But it, just, it could have been worse. I don't, don't want to see any more. It was definitely better than he was a year ago. Like, you could tell he's a, significant, he's a different quarterback.
2: There is some progress in his development. And I, I guess, to me, it's another example of why everyone is in such a rush to write a final judgment about this guy one way or the other. It was He was such an embarrassment last year because he didn't play. And now this year, after he has one game where he doesn't embarrass himself, it's like, wow, Christian Habberg was a real surprise on Saturday. It's like, no, it wasn't really. He was just – he kind of was more or less the same guy. Let's – I want to see him get um, snaps against the first-team defense before the preseason ends. I don't know if it happens, but that would be a nice test for him.
3: I'll say one thing, this the whole scam for Sam, let's go 0-16 thing. I, I do question, it's it, it, and it's not just based off this game, it's some of the talent they have in the front seven and the way that Leonard Williams looked in this game. He was dominant. They completely destroyed the Titans from beginning to end. I don't know if the defense is, is going to allow you to go 0 16. You're gonna win some games like this, this seven to three type score. There
5: were more drives than first downs.
3: This was a terror this was uh, if you cannot not
5: watch
4: one game for the rest of your life,
5: this <laughs> you.
3: eight what? sacks.
4: I'm a little I'm not gonna take too many takeaways away from Alex Tanny. Right, yeah. right. No. Marcus other than, Mariota.
5: Then
3: they knocked him out of the game for a bit.
5: It's great that Marcus Mariota is out there playing fully. Looked quick, didn't make a great decision, but the fact that he's out there is a little under the radar. He was one of these guys that had the serious injury at the end of last year. He's full go. He's looking, you know,
2: he's he's looking full speed in terms of his health. So that's a pretty big positive.
3: Jets going seven and nine.
2: I hope not. But I was a little bit alarmed. Football Outsiders Almanac. I was reading up on there right up about the Jets. They have them, and you know they do a lot of you know, breakdown statistically and, and and how they get to what they expect for a win total. They have them at about six and
3: ten, which is not going to get the job done. I do not want six and ten. A lot has to go right to I, go one and 15. A lot. Like, Cleveland very came within three plays of being four and 12 last year. Right. The
2: difference between, yeah, difference between six and ten uh, and 3-13 and 13 is really not a lot. So there is some uh, reverse luck that you need. We'll see what happens. With, I'm sure it will not work out just by <laughs> based on the history of the franchise. Moving on, the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, a big win for the Jets atop the oh, AFC. Yeah, thank you. Fans. Yeah, please. Uh, yes, uh, look out, New England Patriots. The Jets put up seven on that first drive, and then the defense just – Held court, a 7-3 win. Sit down. Be humble, Marcus Mariota. Not often you get a
5: win when you, ha- you score once and then have 13 straight scoreless drives. <laughs> you hold
2: on. It's like a baseball game. We're talking 85 Bears <laughs> here potentially with the Jets.
4: I never thought the Patriots would have to come from behind to win that division this
2: year. Yeah. yeah. No, listen. They're being tested, let's face yeah. it, one week into the preseason. Moving on, the Dallas Cowboys uh, face the Los Angeles Rams. And uh, Chris Wessling, what was your biggest takeaway from that game?
4: Cooper Rush looked a lot better than Kellen Moore. Cooper Rush, I don't know if he's ever going to be an NFL backup. but made team really likes th- him. Made some great throws. Rico Gathers, their tight end who hadn't played football since eighth grade and was still so talented that he got drafted anyway. Baylor's all-time leading rebounder has made big plays in two straight games. I don't think he's going to have a big role this year, but he could end up being the uh, guy who succeeds Jason Witten at tight end for the Cowboys.
2: All due respect to um, Boomer Sison, one of my boyhood heroes, Uh, but Kellen Moore is not making a good case for the lefty quarterback, which is close to extinction. I think he's – at least last year he was the only one in the league and he spent the season on IR. It just don't look right. Let's be honest here. Let's just be honest here. Let's call him (laughs) like we see him. Kellen Moore doesn't look natural. Because he's a left-hander? I'm just keeping it real here.
5: (laughs) I mean, they should be worried that they're going to have a 2015 situation again. Yeah, if they, if they had an injury at quarterback, this yep. team would have no chance.
2: Right. Lost over my point. You tell me it looks normal. It looks like. I think it'd be cool. I'm ho-
5: I, I'm. It's looking like Walker, my son, is left-handed. and I'm thinking, oh, that's big. He could be like a relief pitcher. He can give matchup prop. You know, lefty tennis players are <laughs> tough to deal with. Like whatever sport, You're being putting a lefty, like a, a Roberto thing. Aguayo type. I'm situation. saying that being but a lefty, holding down on the pressure, it's, a little it's an bit. advantage, though. That's all yeah, I'm
2: saying. That's true. Todd Gurley, by the way, it's obviously a tiny sample in this game, but just seeing him drop behind the line several more times, it's like I can only imagine what's going on in his head. He's like, I am not going through another season of this. This They need to block for that Yeah, guy.
5: This may be the game not to watch. 21 first downs and nine fumbles in this game, which is outrageous. They had five fumbles in the first half. The NFL preseason is such a terrible product, and Roger Goodell knows it. He keeps talking about that we need to shorten the preseason, and watching on Saturday night, the games you were covering, Mark, really hammered at home uh, how bad the first week is and how – point like, Rico Gathers was the number one takeaway, Wes, in the Dallas Papers, I would say, for the second straight week. So that's your number one takeaway is, hey – this guy looks like he's probably gonna make the team at, as a backup tight end. Right. Well, it's, and that's the number one takeaway. Like the stakes are so low, and and all those fans show up and they watch Jared Goff have eight snaps. Like Jared Goff couldn't use that a little was my takeaway.
3: Why why doesn't the bad, entire bad Rams product. starting offense that is not overachieved in, in since essentially the late nineties? How about you play more than more than two series? Uh, it, it, it's it. And by the way, the, some some people cannot even go to regular season games. You go to a preseason game, you want to do a better product, don't put them out there. D- all these people in Jared Goff jerseys, watching him essentially play for five minutes and he's out. Yeah, but what's the solution? They're, I don't know. They're uh, gonna the solution get, was I tried a to get – They're,
5: wanted to get they're up, getting, right. rid, getting rid of a preseason game is going to happen. It's a question of whether it's going to be two or three. But it has be to be fine. collectively bargained with the players because – because Goodell is really against
3: it. You're making the Cowboys play five of these games. I mean, That's
5: Right, but they're not playing them. They're playing two. I mean, think of it. They they got five games, but their main players are only going to play two. They're going to sit just out mean three games. the process games. of the team Wild. having to go through five
3: right. weeks of the preseason. I mean, I get that they're benching almost everyone. It's
4: interesting that Belichick is already kind of ahead of the curve, and he's putting all this stock in preseason scrimmages against other teams mm. and then resting almost everyone important <laughs> during the game. He He's... Scrimmaging against other teams
5: three straight weeks. No other team in the league is doing that Mm -hmm. twice even.
2: And remember, this is a time the way technology is now and and the advancements made in televisions and the home viewing experience where getting people to go to the games is starting to become more of a challenge. The fact that you're getting charged full price for two preseason games if you're a season ticket holder, you could definitely make the argument they deserve a better product if you're going to charge them like it's a regular season game.
5: Shout out to our uh, coworkers, Andrew Siciliano and – Daniel Jeremiah doing a good job on this telecast. Yeah, and Marshall, Falk. I, Marshall I, Falk. Why not, Mar- why not well, mention Marshall He doesn't know who any fine. of us are. He was good. No. He doesn't he need fine. any more yeah. praise. He's a Hollywood. I'll take like, it a step further. He doesn't, doesn't great
2: care talent. who we are either. <laughs> that's, that's true. Dan Helley did a nice job with the Tennessee Jets game as well. Good to see everybody. Uh, Charles Davis, too. Doing so well all around us. Uh, moving on, the Oakland Raiders uh, <laughs> uh, face the Arizona uh, Cardinals. And oh, I should tell you, it's a 13-10 win for the Rams. Travis Coons, I mean, 6-11 to play. This is where heroes are made. 6-11. Drills a 36-yard field goal. Uh, that was the difference, 13-10. The last fans. two
3: minutes, you know, people complain about the last two minutes of NBA games taking yeah. roughly like 25. The last two minutes of this thing. I, I was begging someone on the news desk just to kill me with a bow and arrow from across the room I mean it could not have taken longer <laughs> to, to end itself I mean
5: <laughs> what, what a missed opportunity though for the cowboys we talked about they're getting an extra five they're getting an extra game so five and0 oh would have won
2: the title and now with this loss it's even worse it's yeah. gone and not only that now you can win out and still not be the champ think about lack
3: that. of lack of planning on their part lack of foresight yeah,
2: maybe next time Dak Prescott's out there in the fourth quarter. Get them out there. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, moving forward, the Cardinals and the Raiders. Uh, Wes, this was a game where you wanted to see uh, all those Cardinals veterans looking spry and making plays, and, and I feel like you're happy if you're Cardinals fan based on what you saw.
4: I think you're happy about Honey Badger being Honey Badger again. We've seen signs that it was happening in training camp, and he was pretty active in the few snaps he played uh, in the first quarter of this game and uh I think Robert Kim
3: kim Dj looked. oh two games in a row hmm. <laughs> Kim
2: dJ Kim dJ why did you fall out that window <laughs> Kim DJ Kim DJ kim DJ make sure you jump through this window of opportunity <laughs> Kind of like a Bonnie Tyler vibe. That was, yeah. You took it to, to <laughs> yeah. new places there. Thank you. That is not Bonnie Tyler. That is a piano representation of what her music might sound like. Oh. <laughs> Just to be clear with everyone. But Kim dj second week in a row, looking good. Two games. Take I think place.
3: that defense is interesting. When someone like that, where well, you don't know if he's going to if he's going to develop the way they wanted to, you're getting Honey Badger back. Kim dJ looked blowing people up at the line, ending drives. I don't. know. It's an interesting defense.
2: Carson Palmer. Missed a gimme layup touchdown to Jeron Brown, but then came back uh, and punched the ball in the end zone. So he he gave you what you were looking for uh, at the end of the day. Uh, Any other thoughts, guys?
4: No, this was another one of the. There were some. This was a low stakes one. There were some games that were fun to watch, but this was not one of them. The headline out of this one. People wanted to go home in this one.
5: Like the takeaways in Oakland on this one was like. E.J. Manuel,
2: probably going to be the backup. Like, that's the right. that's e. the biggest news. If that's the biggest news, e. that's Manuel. not worth a game. Um, and the Cardinals jumped out to that 7-0 lead. It was a lead they'd never relinquished. <laughs> Final score, twenty ten in the desert. Uh, the Raiders fall to 0-1, and you wonder if there's a little bit of a, questions about Marshawn Lynch, whether he is somebody that can be a leader on this team. Now, winless after a week.
3: Yeah, I mean, he wasn't involved on even one play, so his impact, you know, hard to measure.
2: Moving on, the Lions and Colts played a football game, and uh, uh, somebody in this room is excited about a wide receiver for the Lions. I know that. Who is it? Somebody is. It was me. That's you, Wes.
4: Kenny Galladay, who has been hyped consistently since offseason practices started. Actually, a lot of people liked him in the draft, too. He's been hyped by the fantasy community, and he's been living up to it. In training camp and in this game, he makes plays. He's big. Uh, he's athletic, and the thing that stands out to me is he has really good hands. He's not just a physical freak kind of guy.
5: Yeah, he had three catches, two touchdowns, and they were all contested, difficult, somewhat acrobatic catches. And and it, I immediately thought he was catching those from uh, old Jake Ruddock, but he's going to be catching it from a quarterback in Matthew Stafford. <laughs> old Jake Ruddock? Oh, yeah, yo, yo, Jakey Rudd. Uh, no. <laughs> he's got, Matthew Stafford loves just throwing the ball up for players. For his receivers to go make plays, and and he and Galladay seems like when you get that much hype, every portion of the off season, then you start to buy into it. Rudock, by the way, Ruddock.
2: according to uh, behind the glass, Sully.
3: One quick takeaway from this game: when Peyton Manning played at Lucas Oil Stadium, I remember one time at the at the combine, someone that worked there basically told us he would never allow that roof to be opened that he, he, it is, essentially was not used because he was the quarterback. Now they're opening it up a little bit. And the sun shining down on Detroit's <laughs> new uniforms, their uniforms to me were the nicest looking I saw in the entire week of preseason action. Look beautiful, except for one little thing, the little lions etched across the sleeve. Don't need that, but they just looked fantastic. Put the lions outside, enough with this dome. That's a hot take right there.
4: Scott Tolzien is a loss
3: waiting to happen. Can't let him start a game. He's devolving. Yes. Because he was someone that Mike McCarthy absolutely loved back in Green Bay. And what is what is there to love from what we're seeing now? Um,
2: Troy Mayne Pope had a one-yard run capping a 14-play 90-yard drive for the Colts as time expired in the fourth quarter, but it wasn't enough. A 24-10 <laughs> win for the Lions. Who one and Good job, guys. Finally. Uh, That's a rare walk-off <laughs>
5: touchdown to make the score 24-10
2: a <laughs> loss. You don't see it a lot. <laughs> you do not see it a lot. Finally, the Seahawks traveled to uh, the StubHub Center and um, got got going in a 25,000-person <laughs> um, venue p- person venue can't talk anymore, uh, which was an interesting sight, to say the least. It was weird not to watch an NFL game without a third tier. That, that felt kind of like an I acid it, trip yeah. uh, to me. And, uh, and early reports are that it was a fun scene to be at. People that work here that went to the game. Uh, but let's talk about some takeaways from the game. Greg, Thomas Rawls is a guy to talk about.
5: He's been running with the starters throughout camp, and he ran with the starters on Sunday night. And I'm not taking that much away from veteran players play, he looked good. Eddie Lacy looked fine, too, in in a backup role. But I think you can learn from the rotations and that if Rawls right now is the starter, and I, I expect he'll be the starter going into the season.
4: As he should be. I agree. Better running back than Eddie Lacy. And I don't think Eddie— We were Lacy's honking
5: about it back in May. Pick him up in your fantasy drafts. He's getting drafted way behind Lacy. I think he, I think he's a better runner, too. Cross your fingers that he stays on the field.
4: Until Eddie Lacy gets down to about 240 pounds, which he was his rookie in his second year in the league when he had really quick feet and was good in the passing game, he shouldn't play over Thomas Rolls.
3: What did you guys think of— Well, one note, I like this uh, Seahawks tight end Marcus Lucas a little bit. Intriguing little player at a nice catch, but um, one other thing—that's <laughs> my note. No, Cardale Jones. So I like Jones. Mark suddenly looked up and his
5: uh. eyes like panicked. Like, wait
2: a second! <laughs> no. I think this I a turned the game off
3: before no, no. Marcus Lucas came in. He had yeah. two no. catches on two targets uh, two early games. in the game. He didn't. Oh, I missed interesting him. Interesting catch, but um, you're
2: saying he flashed?
3: He flashed, baby. Yeah. Uh Cardale Jones. I. This guy's huge and he can move. Like he's he he showed some speed outside the pocket. That was good. I, I wonder what will happen with him because I don't think you can trust him as a backup at all right now, but maybe with a couple more years.
4: Yeah, he's a number three, and the Chargers previously have been keeping two quarterbacks.
3: Hmm.
5: That doesn't bode well for either him or your boy yeah, but
4: yeah Callen- Bercovici, Bercovi- no. But Kellen Clemens <laughs> being terrible does bode well for it both of
5: them. Bodes pretty well. They. He's tiresome. Your boy uh, Paul Richardson got hurt in this game. After an amazing catch. I think it might have been on that amazing catch. I don't yeah. know. And now he's going to be out for some time. Sounds like multiple weeks. And that that's a thin, thin receiver group that could
2: really use Richardson to be a consistent factor. And now they're, they're not going to have him for a little bit. Uh, the Seahawks had three quarterbacks. All three of their quarterbacks post a passer rating over 100. You know what that means, baby. Blowout City, 48-17 win, uh, spoiling the Chargers debut in Los Angeles. Mark, finally, you had uh, the final addendum to this. Uh, recap of the preseason you had some type of vision i believe i had a vision
3: i was at a place called the irish times and so i'm not sure this is a trusty vision but i'm sticking with it i saw the super bowl and it included two teams the los angeles chargers from the afc and from the nfc the new york giants Hmm. logical no no but we'll see. Weird things happen. So this
5: is your official Super Bowl prediction.
3: I'm just going to stick with I it don't want to see any NFL.com no, thing no, where mark no, or Mark Sester No, absolutely. I'm yeah, sticking with fair. this front in every on all media platforms. Love it. Where in past years I would just do seven or eight <laughs> matchups and I'd get something right. <laughs> I'm so tired of picking this. I pick the Steelers every freaking year in the AFC. They always disappoint. Or Patriots, Packers, yawn. I'm just going with this, rolling the dice. All right. So mark it down someone I noticed... Who wins, by the way? Don't know that. I'm not going to no, lie about my visions. I just saw them in the Super the matchup. Bowl. matchup. It's yeah. also kind of funny that
2: if there was any Super Bowl, your prediction last year, of course, that, that Super Bowl would not have a, a winner. This feels like the season and year where there actually would not potentially be a Super Bowl given the current events in the world, but you're seeing an actual Super Bowl well, happening. Well,
3: sometimes visions can be a year or two off. You don't like know the exact date. Thing. Sure, uh, I mean, you know, I think probably he achieved a little bit more than I did in this field. But. In his
2: prediction, I remember this from an old Orson Welles special, ah! where, where he predicted that a great monster would rise up from humanity, and his name was Hista. Just missed it. Yeah. <laughs> well? Just missed it.
3: It's going for Hitler. Got hister. Sometimes they're a year or two off, and sometimes they're just off. Yeah, a they letter are, are. Well, someone, or two, a year or two. Well, someone tweeted to Wes and said, you know, do, do you take stock in this? And you basically, you know, rightfully said, eh. I said not,
4: it's a, right. it's important to to have a healthy respect for, for Mark's visions, but don't <laughs> take them as
3: gospel truth. <laughs> a working respect. I, we did have a listener that actually, like, dialed up Vegas and put a bet on the Super Bowl, so I – Whoa. No. I respect that, yeah. Well, we don't talk oh, about that's, that around here either. Well, that's their choice. I didn't make them do it, but I thought that, that showed an incredible amount of faith. Mm. Good on you, better.
2: All right. There you go. So you heard it here first on uh, August 14th uh, that the Super Bowl is set. Better not be Geno Smith in it. That's all I'm going to say. No. Um, all right. That's it for today's pod. Remember, the subreddit super contest. Uh, workshopping the title of the contest still. I like the sound of that, though, Uh, is coming up. uh, The trivia contest where you, the listener, could be on the show and could be the recipient of a grand prize. So all you have to do, sign up for the subreddit if you haven't already. And, yes, people are already reaching out, trying to curry favor with the various members of the Around the NFL podcast team. I'm not saying that that will work. I'm not saying that it won't work. Uh, Do what you got to do. even if that means just hoping you get plucked from obscurity on the board, or maybe you you make a stink and you get picked, or maybe we use that against you. A lot of ways. A lot of ways. All I know is this means Greg has to go to the subreddit to get his 10. Nope. And that's really what the nature of this I'm not,
5: is. I'm not going to go. I'm going to choose my 10 from whoever leaves iTunes reviews with your email as Smart. an extra iTunes review. How about that? Soulless and cunning.
2: Mm all at once
3: do people <laughs> who file itunes reviews want to leave their email
2: for i don't even months? know how that works i just was trying to know what you can do that's a good idea because that will curry favor with the old zeuser too actually so keep that in mind if you leave an <laughs> itunes review and then at the end of it just sign off with your subreddit handle we'll take it from there we'll figure it out from there okay right all we need is the handles
3: Yeah, I think that's the the handle would be would be harder to track that person down if you're just a person out there and wanting to destroy someone who left an iTunes review. You can't track them down. You know, don't leave people vulnerable, Greg. Classic, Greg. Leaving our (laughs) listeners just sitting out. Hey, look, this is your.
5: This is your. It's a complicated quiz, and there's lots of processes. (laughs) I'm just trying to fit in.
2: All right, well, you're fitting in just fine, Greg. Thank you, Um, Wes. Uh, best of luck with everything. obviously we'll be in touch with you uh, throughout this whole process when you go in for your surgery on Wednesday, but uh, we hope to have you back with us as soon as possible. It won't be the same without you, let's be honest. but uh, hopefully with all the good news we got last week, this won't be an extended absence.
4: Yeah, I honestly have no idea how long I'll be out, so we'll, we'll see. Good luck to you buddy.
2: Yep. All right, That's it. We'll be back on Wednesday. But I always tell you at the the end of this anyway. So this is Dan Hansa signing off for the Sizzler, the mailman. God bless the mailman, the boss, and Erica behind the glass till Wednesday.
0: You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better.